Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Hi, My Name Is edition as we take a look at the two players selected by the Bengals on day two of the draft, Clemson wide receiver T. Higgins and Wyoming linebacker Logan Wilson. You'll learn about them from two people that know them well, and then Dave Lapham joins me to discuss those picks and look ahead to the final four rounds of the draft on Saturday. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Prime Sport, the official fan travel and hospitality partner of the Cincinnati Bengals. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since the TV coverage of this draft. All things considered, it's been remarkably smooth. And that's a miracle in my opinion. They've bounced around to hundreds of locations all over the country between the commissioner's basement and the homes of players, coaches, and GMs, and they've done it all with very few glitches. I learned very quickly in my days as a TV sports anchor that it is truly a team effort and everybody involved in putting on the coverage of this draft has done an incredible job. Now, let's get to the newest Bengals. With the first pick in the second round, the Bengals chose 6-foot-4-inch, 215-pound Clemson wide receiver T. Higgins, who left school after his junior year and had a first-round grade on the Bengals' board. He had 27 career touchdown catches to tie for the most in school history with Tigers legends DeAndre Hopkins and Sammy Watkins. And here's the first thing that T. said when he did a Zoom call with Cincinnati area reporters. Quote, Man, just getting the call from my favorite team in the NFL, it's just surreal. Yep, Higgins is a Bengals fan because his favorite player is A.J. Green. To learn more about T. Higgins, I spoke to the radio voice of the Clemson Tigers, Don Munson. First and foremost, they're getting a young man who is going to do a lot for the, the franchise there. He's, he's not going to be a problem off the field. Uh, he is very coachable. He likes to go and work. He's not afraid of going out there and work, and he's not afraid of going out there and earning, you know, his his spot on the field. You know, he's he will step on uh, the practice field once we get going again here, and and he'll go out there and try to compete for a starting job. And I think that he's a guy that that can win it. Now, I think he needs to pick up a little bit more strength. To be real honest with you, Dan, I think that that's you know when you draft a, a kid that's that hasn't gone through four years of school. And I think that, you know, you're drafting a little bit of a younger guy. So people need to, I think, understand that a little bit, that he still has some maturing to do as far as his body is concerned. But, man, I'm telling you, two, three years from now, I think that T. Higgins is is going to be just an all-world kind of player. We had the opportunity to visit with him on a Zoom-type conference a few minutes ago. The kid's got a megawatt smile. He seemed like he had a very engaging personality. What was he like with his teammates? Oh, he was—he was like that uh, from the time that he set foot here on the on the Clemson campus. I mean, that was—that's just who he is. And you know, that—that that was the other thing was to watch his leadership ability grow as as he went along here in in his Clemson career. You know, there are. There are certain kids that you can just tell from the moment they sit on step foot on campus that they're going to be an impact in their group and then also in the locker room. And and T was certainly able to do all of that. We are visiting with the voice of the Clemson Tigers, Don Munson. T did not knock it out of the park in his pre-draft testing. 
does he play faster than he ran? Yeah, I believe that, that he does. I mean, if he's a very good route runner. You know, you don't see that that often with guys that are big wide receivers, and that's what you're getting. Obviously, you know, T's got size to him. He's got length. He's he um, he's got you know really good hands. The, the, I think that the the basketball side of him also comes. You know, he was a he was an all star basketball player in high school, and Coach Sweeney and Coach Scott at the time when he was here as wide receivers coach. They love those kind of guys, guys that are, are multiple sport athletes. And T is a guy that, uh, you know, he competes at high points for the ball, not afraid to go out there and, and mix it up. Um, so, you know, I think you, you look at all those variables and, you know, I think that if you're if you're a Bengals fan right now, you, you got a smile on your face. <laughs> and I do. I can tell you that. Uh, I believe he has an 81 inch wingspan. Catch radius, I guess, is the uh, hot phrase these days when it comes to wide receivers and tight ends, and it looks like that's one of his biggest strengths. And he's a guy also yards after catch, Dan. I mean, he's he's a guy, when you go back and you really watch what he did on film, you know, a lot of times he may be catching something that's only six, eight yards down the field, but then he's able to shed tacklers and then go get extra yards. And he's got enough speed where he can take it the distance. I mean, he, he really can. He, uh, so those... Those are things that, that T is just going to continue to improve upon. Again, as, as he gets more physically mature, then, then that part of his game, I think, grows even more so. I don't know if this ever came up in one of your conversations with T, but he is apparently an A.J. Green fanatic and a Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals fan. Yeah, he was a huge Bengals fan growing up as, as a kid. Bengals were his favorite it's his favorite team as well. You know, he, he grew up right outside of Knoxville, so you can kind of understand that. Uh, that, you know, really not that far and probably in that market uh, got got some Bengals games. And, and also, you know, go back to the days when the Bengals were successful. That's that's kind of in his youth era. So, you know, he's he's used to, you know, seeing some of those things. So, um, you know, all of that, I think, you know, bodes well. Whenever you draft a guy that all of a sudden that that was their favorite team as well. I think there's there's a little bit more from that fellow to go into uh, the, the franchise and say, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm not scared to be here. I'm not, I'm not upset that you drafted me. I'm actually enthused that you drafted me. And, you know, anytime that you can get that, then man, you lay hold of that and you run with it. One more topic for Clemson broadcaster, Don Munson. You called the national championship game last year. Unfortunately, that one didn't turn out well for the Tigers largely because of Joe Burrow. Share with us what the Clemson coaches were talking about as they studied him going into the game, and then your impressions of what Joe did in that national championship game. Well, I mean, the, the talk of Joe Burrow going into the game certainly was, one, was his accuracy, and two, was a way that he extended plays. And then those two actually actually um, melded, to be perfectly because he would extend plays and he would still make throws where he was, you know, dropping the ball into a bucket. Well, we saw that obviously uh, against Clemson there in there in New Orleans. I mean, he came out and just absolutely put on a show. Things did not go well for him, you know, first 15, 17, 18 minutes of the game. But he was able to shake all of that stuff off. Uh, and you know, that's that's something that you know, as a as a quarterback, you love. I mean, just absolutely love. We we saw some of that from our own quarterback, obviously, in the semifinal game against Ohio State. Things weren't going Clemson's way, and still Trevor Lawrence stayed right in it. Well, that's what that's what Joe Burrow did. And then, you know, the way they came out and finished off the second quarter, particularly scoring that, that touchdown right before the end of the first half, 
And that was a little bit of a dagger uh, that, that they were able to throw at Clemson. A lot of that was because of, of Joe Burrow and just the, the confidence that he had uh, in that game. He's, this is a guy with a lot of swag. He has a lot of confidence when he steps on the field. I don't think that there's many throws that he does not feel like that he can make. I think he's got a better arm probably than most people expect. Uh, you know, for being the number one overall pick of the draft, he's it, it, he's got to come and perform because it is a game of performance. But I fully expect Joe Burrow to do exactly that. Burrow to Higgins. Could be interesting for the next few years. Yes, I yeah, am. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, – to that to that combination, I, I think that that's going to go very very well. If, you know, as long as everybody can stay healthy, uh, then that then those things will go very very well for the Cincinnati Bengals. Don, thanks for hopping on the phone on short notice. I appreciate the time. Absolutely, and good luck to all the Bengals fans up there. Be a lot of fun watching you all play here in the coming year. T. Higgins was ranked 25th overall on the Pro Football Focus draft board, and they wrote that he is probably the most complete big receiver to come into the NFL in some time. In the third round, the Bengals addressed their most pressing need by selecting linebacker Logan Wilson from Wyoming, a 6'2", 250-pounder who was a 195-pound defensive back in high school. He was a four-year starter and a three-time captain at Wyoming who was not only a tackling machine for the Cowboys, but finished with 10 career interceptions. To learn more about Logan Wilson, I spoke to Wyoming's radio color commentator, Kevin McKinney. Well, number one, we're really thrilled for him, Dan. Uh, He's uh, a great, great guy. Of course, he's a Wyoming native. uh, Highest draft pick uh, for a Wyoming native ever to play for Wyoming. So that's a a piece of news in itself. He came on as a walk-on from Casper and, and, uh, you know, just worked so hard to make himself what he is uh he's wounding through and through in fact the team calls him the governor and and uh a very popular guy of course uh, team captain and, and all those things that are intangible but on the field he is uh, number one he can run he, he's uh, uh about 240 and he can fly uh that was uh, a sideline to sideline guy that we were always impressed by and i think from the very beginning, it was his speed that uh, that caught everybody's attention. He worked hard to get himself to the size he is, but he could always run, and uh, obviously that was uh, a big attribute for him through his career. We're visiting with Wyoming broadcaster Kevin McKinney. The Bengals saw him at the Senior Bowl. Cincinnati coached the South team, and Logan played for the North team. And the observation that uh, we've heard is that he was all business while he was there in, in mobile is that a good description of his personality it, it totally is uh, he uh he comes uh to to play he's always ready to play and uh if you're not playing at his level he's not happy with you so he, he's one of those guys that just motivates everybody and uh he he raises your level of play and and uh i think that's always impressive for a guy but he, he's uh He's kind of a quiet guy, uh, but uh, just really uh, does such a, a great job of uh, leading by example. Looking at his career statistics, I see 10 interceptions. What does that say about his ability in pass coverage? Well, I think, Dan, number one, uh, he's a great student of the game. And so nobody was any more prepared 
to take the field than, than Logan. And so he always seemed to be in the right place at the right time, you know, that coach on the field type thing. Um, and a lot of it really was his experience. I mean, he, he played four years, and uh, he, he told me one day, he says, sometimes I feel like I know what's going to happen before it happens, and that's just because I've played a lot and been around. So he has seen a lot of football, and uh, studying as he does and being prepared as he is, he uh, always seemed to be in the right place. 52 consecutive starts, which uh, speaks to his durability. Did he play through a lot of stuff? Is he one of those guys that just, no matter what bumps and bruises he might have had, he wouldn't come off the field? Yeah, and that's exactly what it was, Dan. I, he had he didn't have any major injuries, knock on wood. He, he was very fortunate there. But, you know, he, he had a hand injury, and he, he had this injury, and he had that injury. But nothing serious. Um you know, he, he's he's very sturdy, but he is durable. He, he he would not miss a start. He he would play no matter what. I think he played uh, with a brace on his hand in a couple of games, but um, you know he, he wasn't going to he wasn't going to uh, come out of the lineup. That's for sure. And and uh, just a great team leader because of that because of that kind of mentality. First pick in the third round. What was your anticipation for where he might go, not in terms of team, but where in the draft he might go going in? Well, I think we honestly felt, Dan, that he he would be uh, a third-round guy, uh, maybe late second round if things uh, fell right. But uh, we were going to be, I think, a little bit disappointed if he didn't go in the, in the third round. And, and uh, uh, you know, it was – it was one of those deals that got it out of the way right away, and, and I think that was good for him. He can enjoy the evening. But uh, we, we felt like uh, from what we had heard and from what teams were saying that he would be a high third-round pick. The governor is coming to Cincinnati, and we're excited about it. <laughs> Kevin, I appreciate the information. Thanks for your time. You bet, Dan. My pleasure, and we're going to be Bengal fans in Wyoming now. Now time for a day two recap and a look ahead to the final day of the draft with my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham. Lap, when we spoke last night after the first round of the draft, I asked you for your prediction for the Bengals at the top of round two, and your answer was the top wide receiver on their board. Well, we learned who that was a little bit after 7 p.m. Clemson's T. Higgins, longtime Cincinnati Bengals fan, A.J. Green fanatic, and a guy with an A.J. Green physique, 6'4", long arms, good leaping ability, and uh, obviously somebody that the Bengals hope to pair with Joe Burrow for a long time. Yeah, and I think he's, he's the type of guy that uh, likes to utilize the middle of the football field. You know, they, they raved about, the coaches raved about it, as did he kind of not brag about it, but listed it as one of his strengths, is his toughness and ability to catch the football sacrifice his body over the middle of the football field uh, you know he's one of, he averaged over 18 yards per per reception he's only 21 years old as well so I mean here's another guy that from a culture standpoint Dan in the in the uh, free agency um, every single player they signed all eight players came from playoff programs playoff teams so this kid <laughs> he's been in the in the uh, college football championship series every year, playing for national championships at Clemson. So he's uh, he knows what it's supposed to look like. And I think they're looking for him to uh, 
have some energy and, and set a tempo uh, for the for the receiver position, even though he's he's on the younger end of things. I mean, he seems to be a very competitive guy, and uh, you know he plays for championships, so he plays for keeps. Nothing wrong with that. Bring as many of those guys into the culture of the locker room as you possibly can. The kid's got a megawatt smile. I don't know who his dentist is, but uh, he, <laughs> he's done a wonderful job. But a very engaging personality, uh, much like Joe Burrow last night. I thought he showed himself uh, extremely well in his Zoom call with Cincinnati area reporters. I agree with you, Dan. And it's interesting that, you know, A.J. Green is, uh, is the guy that, that he kind of has looked up to and, and became a Bengal fan because of A.J. Green. A.J. Green was the number one basketball player in the state of South Carolina. And this young man, T. Higgins, was an accomplished basketball player as well. And uh, his junior year, he decided to, to specialize in just football and gave up the basketball uh, dreams and hopes. And he had some basketball opportunities. I mean, it was probably a tough decision for him to make. So there's a commonality there, you know, of the athleticism. And um, A.J., I, I think... I think A.J. Green is, uh, I think he's definitely faster. Um, but, you know, as A.J. ages, maybe not not a whole lot faster. But I do think that uh, everybody everybody in the wide receiver core has got their niche. Uh, John Ross, when healthy, take the top off of it. T. Higgins can work the middle of the football field. A.J. Green can do everything. <laughs> you can line him up every, anywhere and let him do anything. And uh, I think the thing they liked about T. Higgins is he's got some position versatility as well. Um, down at Clemson, they felt that they could line him up anywhere and, and, and try and strive to find the best matchup, that he wasn't limited, you know, to just uh, the split end position only or the flank position only or the slot receiver position only. So uh, at, at having as many guys as you possibly can being able to line up anywhere puts a lot of pressure on defenses and in, in trying to match up properly. So T Higgins did not knock it out of the park when it came to testing in the run up to the draft, ran a four, five, four forty at the combine, just a 31 inch vertical leap. His 1.66, 10 yard split was especially poor. Now, apparently he was dealing with a groin issue at the time. So that may have influenced those numbers. It probably did. But then I look at his career statistics Average 20 yards a catch as a freshman, 16 yards a catch as a sophomore, 20 yards a catch as a junior. So his big playability was there, even though his testing numbers were a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, and he's got he's got a big catch radius. You know, he's a, he's a big kid, tall, good, uh, excellent hands, probably good, good size hands, and uh, and he presents himself as a you know as a viable target for sure. Uh, he's I think he's going to find that. Um, you know, contested catch is going to be a big deal uh, for him, and I think he'll probably win his share of those. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how, in fact, everybody's role evolves. Because the wide receiver position, I guess, you know, you, you draft a, a, a guy like Joe Burrow with the, with the first pick in the draft, uh, the first thing you want to do is give him as many weapons, as many opportunities as possible. I don't know, maybe the way that, um, you know, they, they, they spread the football field down there at LSU, maybe the Bengals should um, see if they can get a rule change in the NFL and allow the Canadian Football League and 12 players and <laughs> uh, use use as many receivers as possible and spread the field even more. Uh, you know, I, I do think that uh, that's Joe Burrow's strength, you know, is, is uh, just, you know, spread it out and, and just rip you apart. 
and as many many quality people as you, as you can to get that done. I mean, heck, this is John Ross, top ten pick. AJ Green, top five pick. You know, T Higgins, first round draft choice, basically first pick of the second round. Um, so you know, it's they, they've got they've got some talent. You know, you get uh, Tyler Boyd, second round pick, not as high at second round pick as T Higgins, but you've got uh, you got some pretty darn good pretty darn good talent going there. And the wide receivers kept flying off the board in the second round of the draft. T. Higgins, first pick of the second round. Michael Pittman out of USC, second pick of the second round. Then in order, LaVisca Chenault, K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, and eventually, close to the end of the second round, Denzel Mims, a player that had frequently been mock draft as a possibility to the Bengals at the top of round two. Well, and you look at him, um, he led the country with 20 contested catches. He had the best three-cone time, 6.66 of any wide receiver. So, obviously, he can go up and fight for the you know, the, uh, the contested ball, the 50-50 ball. And, you know, he can change direction, sink his hips, get in and out of cuts with that three-cone drill. So, I mean, he tested extremely well. And he's a good-sized good size guy as well. So, I, honestly, I think, too, that's why, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of general managers and scouts around the league would say with the wide receiver position, you may get the same guy at 64 as you got at 32. There's very little difference between those guys because it's so deep, the wide receiver position. I mean, six were taken in the first round, and at least a half a dozen here it sounds like in the second round. And you know, I, I know there's at least 40 that uh, that people feel are going to be draftable, and 33 of those 40 may go in the first uh, four rounds of the draft, so it's only just begun. Yeah, it was seven in the second round, to be specific. Why do you think Josh Jones and Zach Bond were not taken in the first two rounds? I think Josh Jones, um, his his length of his arms, it's it's not proportionate to his, to his body. I mean, he's a he's a big man. He's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, 310 pounds, 32 and an 8th inch arm so i think people thought geez might have to play him at guard you know i don't know i don't know that's you know that's something that billy price is struggling with a little bit i think is the arm length and in the nfl you can lock arms out and if somebody's got a 32 and an eighth inch arm and then the other guy has a 35 inch arm he's getting to the back cantilever your shoulder pad pretty darn quickly and if you bend over trying to lengthen your cantilever a little bit more by leaning, it's the worst thing you can do. So now you're exposing your shoulder. So I think, I think he probably, you know, he did get drafted in the second round. But a lot of people, almost every mock draft, had him as a first round guy. But he went, uh, you know, in the back third of the second round. And I think it was probably because of the length of his arms. Because everything else, when I watched him at the Senior Bowl, I mean, he had good feet. He put himself in great position to block, but. It was noticeable, you know. I'm not saying it was T-Rex noticeable, but it was, you know, he did he did definitely have short arms. Uh, he went to the in the third round, Josh Jones. Okay, third round. Yep, about the eighth pick of the third round to the Cardinals, so he lasted until the third. Yeah, I think that was that, to me. That's got to be the biggest thing, is that arm length. I think people were a little apprehensive about because the rest of his game, you know, I I thought was pretty good. One more thought on T. Higgins before we turn to the Bengals' third-round draft pick. The Bengals have drafted seven wide receivers in their history in the second round. 
ready for this list? Yeah. Tyler Boyd, Jerome Simpson, Chad Johnson, Darnay Scott, Carl Pickens, Chris Collinsworth. Honestly, around the league, teams seem to put their bat on the ball a little bit better in the second and third round in a lot of positions than the first round. For whatever reason, I don't know exactly why, but, man, it really really does seem like it. Honestly, I mean, a lot. Bill Belichick trades out of the first round whenever he can. I mean, a lot of people around the league think the rubber hits the road, second, third, and fourth round of a seven-round draft. And they try to load up as, as much as they possibly can with multiple second, third, and fourth-round picks, almost unilaterally. It's crazy. So um, I think now, you know, uh, with, with tonight's uh, action uh, ending here, second and third round, you're, you're in the meat and heart of the draft. And, um, you know, tomorrow's important, fourth round, fifth round as well. And then, you know, then the odds, I think, change dramatically. But uh, it, is, it, it is remarkable. They've had a heck of a run. And, uh, you know, look at the running backs. They've had Corey Dillon and Joe Mixon, the last two number 28s, both second rounders. You know, and there's reasons for that. You know, it, it's, not, it's not a lot of it's not physical. A lot of it can be, you know, intangibles or problems or troubles that, guys had in various ways, shapes, or forms, but uh, I'm telling you, the Bengals have put their bat on the ball in the second round regularly. And let's hope that T. Higgins is another one that they hit out of the park. Let's turn to the Bengals' third-round draft pick, linebacker Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. When we did our podcast prior to the draft, you mentioned him as at least a possibility to be taken by the Bengals at the top of the second round to fill that critical linebacker need. And they need a stack backer, and, and Logan Wilson kind of fit that. You know, Zach Bond went shortly after uh, Logan Wilson did in the draft, but Zach Bond is more of a, you know, outside linebacker on the line of scrimmage, you know, rush guy. from You know, he was number two in the uh, in the Big Ten in terms of sacks and tackle for loss to, you know, a guy that went number two in the draft. So, I mean, obviously he's got some ability, but, you know, Logan Wilson is an off-the-line-of-scrimmage stack linebacker, and I think – uh, he can play three downs in that area. And, and it's because he started out as a 195-pound wide receiver defensive back that understands, uh, you know, route concepts and reading the quarterback's eyes. And his ball skills are good as a result of that. Uh, ten interceptions, you know, reading and reacting to what he sees out in the football field. A couple of them he took back to the house, pick sixes. So I think, I think that the guy that – you know, goes at 195 pounds, and now he's between 245 and 250 and was there for five years with the redshirt. He's 23 years old, you know, so both the the the, uh, the first and the third-round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals are are not kids. You know, they're they're 23 years old. They've, they've, they've seen a little bit, played a lot of football. Um, so I, I think I think it's a, it's a tremendous pick. I went down to the Senior Bowl, and I did notice this kid, and I, I just noticed – I mean, when I don't know what your feeling is when I when I met when I saw him down there, shook his hand, uh, looked at him, and I said, "This is a Norman Rockwell portrait of a linebacker with the square jaw." He reminded me of Brian Bosworth. And looking at him tonight, you know, I, again, I'm like, "Geez, the guy he kind of looks a little bit like Boz, you know, or he looks like uh, Draco in Rocky film or something." I mean, he's one of these square jawed, you know. He definitely he definitely looks the part, and. Uh, He's, he's really worked hard, changed his body, obviously, tremendously. And he's um, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think when all is said and done, 
when a year or two down the road and you reflect back and you say, who, boy, how, how are they doing this draft? What, what picks panned out? I have a feeling this kid's going to pan out. He's going to pan out big time. Just watch him the way he handled his business down at the Senior Bowl. He wasn't down there to have fun. He wasn't down there messing around with people, trying to make friends. He was early. Never, never even worrying about trying to be there on time. He was, you know, his watch was 10 minutes early all the time. And uh, he was he was very, very serious about the whole thing. He realized the importance of it, and he was going to take full advantage of it. And I really, I, I admired the way he carried himself down there. And, and I asked him about that, and he said, you know, I, that's just, it's just the way I do it. I, you know, it wasn't any different than the way I carried myself in Wyoming. And it was interesting, too. He said the biggest honor he received in his football career so far is being elected a three-time captain. That's, that is pretty impressive, you know, when a bunch of different players um, over a three-year time frame. And there's going to be some, some uh, coming and going amongst your teammates. And for them to continue to elect you to that, that type of position, it speaks volumes to what you are. He has certainly seen a lot on the football field. 52 consecutive starts, 3,618 defensive snaps in his college career. That's a lot of football. Uh, first time All American since 1997. Uh, first time they've had an All American since then. Uh, tackling machine, you know, over 400 career tackles. He's a, uh, you know, he'll come downhill. He'll, he'll go sideline to sideline. When you watch him, you want linebackers to impact the game. You want there to be a contact ratio that is that is, you know, a big plus, and his is. And, you know, it's not just, okay, first and second down, maybe just first down only. The second and long yank that guy out of the game, that's all he can do is come downhill and smoke the run. This guy's a three-down guy. You know, and, and he's obviously, like we talked about earlier, with his wide receiver defensive back skill set, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll stay on the football field and play. he'll probably be the nickel, the dime backer. He'll be the, he'll be the whole thing. And, um you know, Nick Vigil was still in that role, and it's open now with Nick Vigil a, a charger. So this guy, I think, is going to play a lot of football right away. And, you know, if he doesn't play as much football as, as anticipated, Darren Simmons is going to love to have him on special teams. But I don't think he's going to be able to play many special teams if he's on the football field for Lou Anarumu, three snaps, uh, three downs every single series of the season. All right, let's look ahead. Final day of the draft coming up on Saturday, beginning at noon. What spots are the Bengals likely to address? And do you anticipate a trade down to begin the fourth round since teams will again reorganize their board at the end of the night and see guys, boy, we'd love to have him. I mean, the Bengals have been trading up in recent years at this point. Is this the year they trade down? Well, you know, Zach, Zach has he said in today's press presser, that uh, it, the draft has worked out perfectly because they had the first pick of the draft, obviously, and they knew what they were going to do there with Joe Bur- Burrow. The second pick of the draft was basically like a late first-round pick. It's like when the first round ended, okay, who was the, who was the guy that, that slid? Who was the guy on your board that gave the most value? T. Higgins, boom. Now, I, I, I know that, uh, that they got phone calls, and they initiated phone calls. I mean, they were proactive, not just reactive. And honestly... You know, if the Bengals had five guys they felt comfortable with at 33, so did a lot of other people. And it's probably like, why should I move up to give you draft capital for somebody that, you know, I, I can wait and sit tight here, and I've got one of five options I feel good about too, 
and you know everybody's board is different dan you know people will say oh they just list the best players the best players are always influenced by your need if you have a if you have a needed offensive tackle your 17th player on your board is going to be an offensive tackle instead of a cornerback that other people who have a needed cornerback on their board, they're going to have that cornerback at number 17. So, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, let's, let's be honest. There's always need and it's the needs to tiebreaker. So there's not any board in the NFL that, that is similar. that, That is identical to two teams, you know, just don't have twin boards anywhere uh, for that, for the reason of need and for the reason of difference in scheme and, and, uh, and, and what type of players need to execute those schemes. So, um, you know, it's, it, the, the draft fell perfectly in terms of Zach saying, you know, having that first pick, we had Wilson, uh, you know, rated in the high, high in the second round. We got him with the first pick in the third round had T rated as a first-round wide receiver, got him with the first pick of the second round. So that's the advantage of having that first pick of every round because you get first dibs. When you take a look at your board and somebody, whoever it is on your board, that's, uh, boy, what is he still doing there? If you can't work out a trade, if nobody's going to give you anything of enough value, just pluck it, you know, and uh, and so far it's it's working out for him. The other thing that uh, was encouraging with, with the uh, with the selection of Wilson is uh, dividends for the Senior Bowl already paying off. I mean, we talked about the fact that a great year to be involved with the Senior Bowl, the Detroit coaching staff and the Bengals coaching staff, and with the uh, 65th pick in the draft, that's you know that's pretty early in the draft. It was the time spent at the Senior Bowl that turned the tide on Logan Wilson, not just the tape but having meetings with them and spending time with them during the course of the week. So the senior bowl already paid. And I think the senior bowl is going to pay dividends in maybe every single pick from this point on. I mean, I, I could see the senior bowl uh, being a factor. If the Bengals decide they want to go linebacker again, to me, Akeem Gaither Davis is, uh, is a guy that, uh, you know, he's every bit worthy of a fourth round pick. Other way now, around first, Davis Gaither. Davis Gaither, Akeem right. Davis Gaither. Yeah. Uh, from Appalachia State, he's 6'2", two and a quarter, can really run. His dad's a wide receiver coach at Western Michigan, so he's a you know he's a football lifer. He's a will linebacker, you know, on the line of scrimmage kind of guy, uh, special teams guy. I know the Bengals were very impressed with his learning ability, how he absorbed things, how he could retain and, and recite it back, and um, felt like uh, you know he was he was a leader amongst teammates he wasn't a follower during the course of the week so they liked a lot of things about him uh if he's there you know i think boy fourth round is it rich fifth round but that's another senior bowl guy that uh you say well you know that 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 could pay some dividends logan stenberg you know an offensive lineman from kentucky Ben Barch, this kid from St. John's, he dislocated his kneecap. I don't know what his physical status is. Obviously, with the coronavirus problems, you don't even get a chance to have your doctors put your, your hands on him and take a look and MRIs and all that thing. So, I mean, he may be, uh, you know, he may be in limbo at this point in time. But, you know, some of the offensive linemen that I think the Bengals are going to be uh, contemplating, not just the ones that they coach, the ones that they, uh, that they played against as well, you know, I, I think, um, you know, the re- I, I think the reason that 
Josh Jones, they saw Josh Jones. They saw him up close and personal, and maybe they didn't like what they saw with in terms of the length of his arms. And so, you know, it's it's. I think the Senior Bowl is going to pay serious dividends to this football team down the stretch in almost every round left. Last thing, the fact that they did not take an offensive lineman in the second or third round suggests that they feel better about that group than others. Is do you think that's fair to say? I think it is. I do think that um, you know that they they've they addressed it with uh, with free agency a little bit. You know, even last year, um, taking picking up Fred Johnson, um, you know, when uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers off a of, off the waiver wire, and Fred Johnson, he made himself some money. I mean, he went out there and he and he played his tail off down the stretch of the season, and uh, and you know, really really put himself in position to to uh you know ha- have some success in the league you know there's there's no question about it like, you know i i think that at this point in time you just let him go compete he and bobby hart i think you're you, you know it's like okay who, who, who's the best man and i do think they'll they'll draft somebody i still think they'll, they'll draft a tackle at some point in time jonah williams will be lining up with you know isaiah prince probably behind him uh, Bobby Hart will be lining up with Fred Johnson behind him. Xavier Suaflo will be start, you know, lining up at the, as the starter at right guard, but Alex Redmond will be pushing him. And you know, Michael Jordan will probably line up as the starter at left guard, but Alex Redmond, you know, is a factor at the guard position. Trey Hopkins uh, graded out the best of all the centers. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting dynamic, Dan. Overall, there's there's three pots or three you know doors to the personnel. Uh, with respect to this football team, there's the injured veterans returning, Jonah Williams, um, Drew Sample. They lost a lot of Drew Sample's time, you know, to to injury. Uh, for John Ross, once again, AJ Green didn't take a snap. You know, Jonah Williams didn't take a snap. So you have these these injured players that are going to be returning to the mix. Then you have your um, your free agents. You know, Xavier Suaflo, like like we said, uh, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander, Vaughn Bell, Josh Bynes, DJ Reader. I mean, a lot of these guys that are projected starters. Drew Sample throwing that injury mix as well. They lost him, you know, early, early pretty early in the season. And then the, the draft. Joe Burrow, you know, can start, starter at quarterback. T. Higgins, depending on what kind of a package you have, he could be a starting wide receiver out there. And taking a look right here at Wilson. You know, he's going to be a three-down linebacker, uh, very important for this defensive football team. So, man, they're they're overhauling this bad boy. It's going to be more than half of the starting lineup that started started the season last year, never mind finished the season. It's going to be flipped over. There's going to be a lot of new look to this football team next season. I think round four starts in about five minutes. more like 12 hours but uh, we look forward to it and we will talk again after the draft is finished sounds like a plan sir get a good night's sleep you too that's going to do it for this episode of the bengals booth podcast brought to you by prime sport the official fan travel and hospitality partner of the cincinnati bengals if you haven't done so already please subscribe and if you have a minute give it a rating or share a comment That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.